healthy eating habits can seem confusing and contradictory. One day you hear that certain fats and oils are incredibly beneficial, and the next day you're told they should be avoided at all costs. With so much conflicting information floating around out there, how can we determine the best approach for optimal health? My guest today is an international expert in health and nutrition who can help cut through the clutter and the noise. He has decades of experience researching fatty acids, and he'll share fascinating insights about the essential roles these nutrients play in our bodies. If you want to optimize your health and well-being as you age, this episode is loaded with science-backed guidance you can start applying today. Let's dive in and learn how to fuel your body for longevity. Oh, and I almost forgot, if you're confused about which oil is the best for cooking, today's guest is going to definitively answer that question once and for all. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life so that you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. But before we jump into today's episode, would you consider doing me a huge favor? Would you take one minute to give this show a five-star review, especially those of you that are listening on Apple Podcasts? This helps us rank higher, which means more people can find us. But the real reason I'm asking is that the guests I invite on this show often check to see how many ratings and reviews we have to help determine if this podcast is legit or not. Okay, without further ado, let's get on with today's show. It's my honor to welcome back onto the show Udo Erasmus. Udo is an international authority on fats, oil, and overall health, and for 40 years he has researched the effects of fats and oils on human health and the methods used for oil processing. Udo is the author of one of the most frequently quoted books on fats and oils titled Fats and Oils, The Complete Guide to Fats and Oils in Health and Nutrition. He's the founder of Udo's Choice Health Products, and he's passionate about spreading accurate nutrition information to help people achieve optimal well-being. His insights on the vital roles of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids and how to get them in the ideal balance, as well as the dangers of damaged oils are sure to be eye-opening. I started our interview today by asking Udo how he got interested in the subject of healthy oils. Well, <laughs> yeah, I didn't slide out of my mother's body and say, I'm going to dedicate a big part of my life to oils, didn't for sure. So. Right. And at university, when I studied uh, biochemistry, lipids, which is a collective name for fats and oils, was the most boring of subjects because every, this is in the 60s, right? And they had broken the genetic code and they, everybody was into DNA, RNA, and protein. And they, they say, oh, my God, we've broken the code. Oh, my God, we will be able to do anything. Of course, it didn't turn out that way because it's actually quite a lot more complicated than just DNA, RNA, and protein. But everybody, all the researchers, all the professors were doing research on DNA, RNA, and protein. And they would draw straws 
about who was the poor sucker who had to teach lipids God. that semester. <laughs> yeah. So they were bored by it. And so I was bored by it. So I, I didn't find stats interesting. Oh, geez, you know, give me something interesting. But I left university. I got married. My marriage broke up. And I wanted to kill something because I was really upset. So I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. And I had a license. I got 99.5% on the exam. So I was good. I knew my stuff. But I was super careless. I sprayed lawns to kill weeds. And then I would walk barefoot over the lawns that I had sprayed. And the skin peeled off the bottom of my feet. So I said, okay, well, maybe that's not a good idea. So wore rubber boots. Summer job in a bathing suit with a tractor and a boom at the back. And the wind would drift the spray on my back. And people said to me, aren't you worried you're going to get poisoned? I said, nah, I'm immune. I think we call that testosterone poisoning. Happens to a lot of young men mm -hmm. <laughs> until yeah. they hit their first serious disaster. And then, then, then they started, you know, back off. So I got poisoned by pesticides, went to the doctor, said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? She said, nothing. We don't have anything for pesticide poisoning. For We have for some, but for most of them, you know, we spray them all over the place. But when somebody gets poisoned by them, well, then we don't, we don't even admit that there's pesticides that are doing it. And then, you know, we just do like whatever the remedial, you know, the palliative pain care, right? We do that, yeah. but we don't actually, you know, we shouldn't be, because pesticides are used for killing things. And living things have a lot in common. So if it's bad for an insect, probably not good for you either. If it's right. bad for a weed, probably not that good for you either because the molecules are all the same, right? Not all the yeah. same, but there's a lot of, you know, we eat the plant molecules. Some of those become our body too, mm -hmm. right? So got poisoned. And because I had the background and I wasn't ready to roll over and die, I said, you know, I know, I think if I did the opposite of what I did to get the problem, then I should be able to reverse the problem. So the first thing is I stopped spraying pesticides. Mm. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. And then I started looking and, okay, so the idea goes like this. Your body turns over like 99% every year. The atoms in your body turn over all the time, right? That's why you have to keep eating when you're an adult. And you know it comes off your skin and you know it sheds your, the lining of your digestive tract. So everything turns over and has to be replaced. So then the goal, then they, the, the principle is if you raise your standard for food, water, and air intake and get really clean, really fresh, probably mostly plant-based for people. If you bring in, if you raise the standard, then within one year, you can have rebuilt 99% of your body to a higher standard. Well, that's called healing, right? Mm -hmm. So whenever yeah. something goes wrong, you need to raise your standards because your body is always turning over. That's why healing is possible. And healing is always the body reconstructing with the material you give it to work with, some of which you can't make in your body, so it's essential and has to come from outside. And so I was looking at minerals. There's 18 essential minerals that your body can't make. There's 13 essential vitamins that your body can't make. There's nine essential amino acids that come from proteins that your body can't make. And there's two essential fatty acids that come from oils that your body can't make. 
If you optimize all of those, you can rebuild your body because those are the critical building blocks for building a healthy body where everything works. And essential basically means you got to have it to live and be healthy. So it's like fundamental to health. You can't make it from anything else in your body and therefore you have to bring it in from outside. If you don't bring enough in, then your health will decline and you'll get deficiency symptoms. And they are degenerative in nature, which just means your cells and tissues fall apart. And the symptoms get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. That's how important these essential nutrients, these 42 essential nutrients are. And then the good part of it is that if you're going down because you're not getting enough, but you bring enough of the missing essential nutrients or the deficient essential nutrients back into the diet, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. Because life knows how to use them, provided we take responsibility here at our mouth to make sure enough of them land in our body so life can do its job. So that's the essential. That's what essential means. And then I got stuck on oils because they were so contradictory. I got a study that said omega-6 is an essential nutrient by the definition I just gave. And the very next study I got said omega-6 gives you cancer and kills you. And my head exploded. It's like, how, what, what, it's like, what the hell? You know, you can't, it can't be essential for you and then give you cancer and kill you. That just like doesn't work. That doesn't compute at all. So there must be something else going on that I'm missing. And most people, when they diss oils, and a lot of people do that, and they have been doing it for years, for the 40, 40 plus years I've been working in this field. There's always been somebody said, fats are bad, oils are bad, don't use omega-6s. And right now there's a whole bunch of people saying that. They are all people who are giving you half a story because they are omega-6s will give you cancer and kill you. But why is that? They're essential too. And they haven't figured out what it is about omega-6s that is the problem. So they've done half the job, but, but they were too lazy to look deeper. What happened to me, and I, was, I, I moved in with my mother, so I had time on my hands so I could actually pursue it. So what I said is, okay, there must be something else. What else is going on? And that put me into looking at how oils are made. And we, and we don't talk about that much. But the industry, when it makes oils, likes a long shelf life because that gives right. big markets. But essential fatty acids, by nature, have a short shelf life because they're very sensitive to damage by light, by oxygen, and by heat. And the omega-3, five times more sensitive than the omega-6. And so the industry wants a long shelf life. So they figured out that if you treat the oil with sodium hydroxide to remove ingredients from the oil, and then you treat it with phosphoric acid, a very corrosive acid, to remove more ingredients, and then you bleach it because the color molecules absorb light and then it damages the oil. So you bleach that out and now your oil goes rancid. And in order to clean up the mess, because now the oil stinks, they, you have to deodorize it. I call it destinkerization because the oil stinks because it's rancid. So then you have to boil the oil to frying temperature. You have to heat the oil to frying temperature to get rid of these rancid molecules. And at the end of that, you have a colorless, odorless, tasteless oil. You flip it in plastic bottles. The plastic leaches into the oil, so that's not a good idea. There are p pesticides in the oil because deodorization only removes about half of them. 
and they don't start with organically grown seeds. So you have pesticides in your oils. That's not good. When I heard that, it's like, oh, really? You know, I've been poisoned by pesticides. So I asked the guy that I, the researcher I talked to, I said, why don't you start with organically grown seeds? And as was a huge silence at the end of the phone. <laughs> and I waited. And then when he got back to me, he just like was angry. He said, I don't know what your problem is. The oil is 99% good. It's only 1% damage. And if you got 99% on an exam, you'd be damn happy, wouldn't you? Well, I got 99.5% of my pesticide exam. And I got 100% in some of my genetics, which was my first love, right? So I wasn't as impressed, but then I thought, well, maybe I'm overreacting. It's only 1%. This is what everybody thinks, right? So I said, okay, let's, let me do the math. How many damaged molecules will you find in a tablespoon of oil that is 1% damaged by the processing? How many damaged molecules will you find? Give me a guess. Wow. I'd have to know how many, how many molecules would be in a tablespoon. So I, of course. I don't yeah, of course, but and you I don't. I think it would but, be a very. I think it would be a very small amount, but I I suspect I'm getting ready to be surprised. So give me a number. A hundred. Okay. <laughs> Is that okay. ridiculous? Yeah, well, it, it, it we makes may need a to point. go back. We may need to go back and re-record this here. No, no, no. Say, it, it, it makes no. It makes a really good point. You know, because we don't know how many there are. We have no idea. Yeah. We There's don't no know what one reference of there. That right. Is. Yeah. But so when I ask people, I do it all the time. They always estimate at least a billion times too low. Now, yours is not a billion times too low. Yours is uh, a thousand, a million, a billion, a trillion, quadrillion times too low. <laughs> We need some supercomputing here to figure this yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And, and the way you figure that out, the molecular weight and in a in the gram amount of the molecular weight, you have ten to the six times ten to the twenty third molecules. One mm. percent would be ten to the twenty one, right? But the tablespoon is not the molecular weight in grams. It's smaller than that. It's only fourteen grams. The molecular weight's about a thousand. So when you calculate that out. You find out there's 60 quintillion, which is a six followed by 19 zeros. Wow. That's yeah. the number of damaged molecules in one tablespoon of oil. Now, why do I say that? Okay. If you were to fly home for the holidays, assuming you're not at home, right? You're going to fly home for the holidays and you get, you're about to get on the airplane and the person's, a person is there who you know only always tells the truth. And that person would say to you, by the way, did you know that your chance of crashing and dying on this flight home is a quadrillion times higher than you thought it was? Would you get on the airplane? I was in Ireland. I said to them, I would canoe back to Canada. Right. Yeah. I'd swim across. (laughs) Yes. Wouldn't my chance wouldn't be good. But it's better than a quadrillion. Yeah. So so quadrillion times too low. And then that means we think that what we're doing when we use those oils, we're actually doing a quadrillion times more damage to ourselves than we think. Mm. So maybe is that cause to rethink oils? And is that maybe cause to make the oil change your body needs in order to prevent all of the problems that come from damaged oils, like giving you cancer and killing you? Omega-6 mm-hmm. is giving you cancer and killing you. 
And it was that calculation and the fact that it was so contradictory and, the, and finding out how much damage is done by processing and then on top of that in the frying pan, I started saying, I can't get healthy on oils like this. I've been poisoned by pesticides. I'm trying to get healthy. We need to make oils with health in mind. And what does that mean? You have to protect the oil from the time it's in the seed in nature's packaging, which is quite effective. They've, they've picked out flax seeds in caves in Switzerland, 5,000 years old. They planted them and they grew. That's how good that nature's packaging mm. can be. That's pretty, yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's the packaging. That, yeah, 5,000 years. Packaging. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's, a, I can't, that's, a, I, I that's wanna, a shelf life, right? That a lot of yeah, our wanna, modern food I, companies would love to achieve. I would like right? to copy nature's <laughs> method here. This is sure. good. Yeah, that's okay. pretty good. So from the time it's in the seed where it's protected to going through the press, the pressing, the filtering, the settling, the filling till it's in a brown glass bottle because you don't want plastic. Nitrogen flushed, everybody does that. So there's no oxygen there. In a dark, in dark glass, in a box, cut out all the light in the fridge to keep the temperature down from, from the seed to that, no light, no oxygen, no heat gets to damage the oil. And that means you have to build a very tight system. The industry has never done that. So we built that system. We had to custom make it. And so the idea was that if you make them with health in mind, and your body needs an oil change, you get the dirty oils out and you put, you replace them with clean oil. Not, not that complicated. And then the year after I got poisoned, it was established that omega-3s are also essential nutrients. Now for omega-6s, that was known in 1929, confirmed in 1980, in, in 1968. For, for alpha acid, the omega-3, that was only established 1981. That was the year after I got poisoned. Nice timing, stupid, mm -hmm. <laughs> but really good timing. <laughs> it wasn't my timing. And there I was at the front of the deal. It was like, okay, 99% of the population doesn't get enough for optimum health. That's what the research says. They're essential. Every cell needs them. They're a nightmare to work with because they're five times more sensitive than even the omega-6s that give you those 60 quadrillion damaged molecules in a tablespoon when they're made by industry. And I, you know, my brain exploded when I heard the contradiction. And then I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I went, oh my God, we could, if we could make them with health in mind. And I was already thinking about that. And we could bring these most sensitive nutrients back into the diet that is too low in 99% of the people. Oh my God, we could help so many people. And I yeah. just, that's what, that's what drove that project. And it's because helping, you know, helping when you, when you can help somebody, it always feels good in the heart. Right. Yeah. I, I'm 100% with you there. Yes. Helping. Always yeah, yeah. It feels doesn't good feel, it yeah. doesn't feel that good when you, when you, when you're mean to people. Right. It, it, it kind of harm. feels good, but it doesn't feel good in the heart. Right. Or it kind of feels good in the ego. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Yeah. And so, oh my God, you know, it was like, oh my God, I, here is something I can actually do that can help almost everybody. And I was like, I, the enthusiasm was through the roof and we literally built that company and made all of those decisions 
driven by that enthusiasm and driven by a standard we set for making oils with health in mind. Making oils with health in mind. So listeners out there may may be familiar with what you're talking about here. If you've ever been to a health food store in that little refrigerator section, there is the Udo's Choice Oils, the Udo's Oils. Well, that's uh, not so- where we... That's not where we started. That's we started where you started. Flax- kind of where no. you are today, with, right? Started with the flaxseed, right. which because you were trying to address that omega six specifically, right? Omega three. Oh, sorry, omega three specifically. Yeah. So right. we made flax oil. It's the richest source of omega three easily available. Mm-hmm. It, it was already used for making paint because it's very chemically active. So it cross links when light hits it, and that's how you protect your furniture with linseed oil. It was called. Mm-hmm. And and so it was already out there. So there was already an industry. People were growing flax. So it was it was good. So so we decided to call it flaxseed oil to make a distinction between the damaged stuff called linseed oil and the fresh stuff that we were making that was good for health. Okay. So- and and the idea was and I, the idea was because it's the richest source, we want to bring it back. Gotcha. Ask- what uh, what year were, was this? Did this first hit shells? What just time? Nineteen eighty-six. We so made the first flaxseed oil. Nineteen eighty-seven. We started marketing it. Nineteen eighty-seven. I started traveling. So, Nineteen eighty-eight. I did a huge tour through the U.S. in a van without air conditioning mm-hmm. in the hottest months. We went to eighty-five cities in hundred and one days. Thirty-five states. Seventeen thousand oh, right? miles by road. Talking to anybody who would listen about yeah. flax oil and the enthusiasm. Right. Drove that product, and in two years, flax oil became the second highest selling oil in the natural foods industry. Right on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was all so, driven. And I, <laughs> well, I want to I want to back up a little bit because I'm trying to think of the time frame. So certainly in the 70s, we had this kind of an anti fat movement that bled into. Yeah, the yeah. 1970, so, 1977, the McGovern report on nutrition and health. And then from that came the food pyramid that had carbs right. at the bottom as the yep. food to eat the most of and fats at the top All to eat the, the least of. Right. They blamed the fats for the problems they should have blamed on the damage done by processing. And in 20 years, eating more carbs and less fats, overweight went from 25 to 60% of the American population. Right. And nobody right. said a word. Nobody right. said a word. Just all of a sudden, everybody got overweight. From right. 25 to 60%. It 20 years, right? Yeah. And I came in just right on the height of that. <clears throat> yep. So I went yeah, to the, yeah, I went to the, to Vegas to a vegan convention, vegetarian convention, international vegetarian. It was 200, two, tw- I don't know, 2,000 people there. And they put me on this thing and I said to them, so how many of you are on low fat diets? All the hands went up. Everybody's on, you know, Pritikin, low fat diet. I think I think the low-fat diet actually killed Pritikin because there was not enough fat, not good fats in it, and they didn't pay attention to the quality of the fat, but that's a whole other story. Uh, so all the hands went up. Everybody's on a low-fat diet. How many of you have dry skin? All the hands went up. Yeah. And I said, okay, so here's the mistake. It makes sense to eat more vegetables. It does not make sense to be on a low-fat diet. You need to be on a right-fat diet and when you get the right fats in optimum amounts, you're, they form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture, and you be, and you get soft, smooth, velvety skin. And that, and in winter you need more to get that done in the summer, and in a desert the dry skin shows up more easily than in a humid climate. So we were in Vegas, a dry, 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 
and literally everybody. So we said, you need to get the right kinds of oils made with house in mind. And you probably need about a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight. You mix it in food, spread it out over the course of the day. You never use it for frying because frying wrecks the oil and will then wreck you. Fried oils fry your health, basically. And not everybody followed us because that's not what they, people were being told. You said fats are bad, but use them. Mm-hmm. But well, the fats people were making us fat, it. remember? Right? Huh? It was the thing was, fat, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you eat fat, you're going to get fat. It's right. actually the carbs that make you fat because they turn into fat if you don't burn them. Yeah. And it has to in the body. So most overweight still comes from too much carbohydrate or inflammation and water retention. So I said, and then, so not everybody followed it because I was a maverick, I think. And, but the people who followed it, when they got back to us, said, that's awesome. That was so awesome. Not only, not only did my skin become beautiful, but I, my energy levels are through the roof now. I was always tired on that, on that low fat diet. And that's two of the things that the, that the essential fatty acids do. They form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture and give you soft, smooth, velvety skin. And they increase metabolic rate, oxygen, uh, uh, oxidation rate, energy production. So it takes you longer to get tired and you recover quicker from fatigue. You heal in a third to a half the time. And uh, the, the amount, how, how far you can go if you do your sport to exhaust. We actually did a study with athletes. 40 to 60% increase in performance to exhaustion 30 days after starting to take a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day. And we used Udo's oil, the, the blend for that, for those studies. Because what happened to me with the flax oil, um, I used flax oil as my only source of oil of fat in the diet because the guys I worked with said, Oh, this is the best source of both essential fatty acids. And it's actually four times richer in omega-3 than omega-6. And I didn't think that was the, the best ratio. I thought it was a poor source of omega-6, but I didn't have any proof. So I put, I made myself the experiment. And I used flax oil exclusively as a source of fat. And within three months, I had dry eyes, skipped heartbeats, arthritis-like pain in my finger joints, and thin papery skin. Classic omega-6 deficiency symptoms. Fixed it by eating sunflower seed because they have omega-6s, but no omega-3s, and realize then that the balance in flax is not good, and flax by itself can cause problems. I'm trying to help people, so let's, let's get the balance right. And so we, we made a blend that is not a 4-to-1, but a 2-to-1 ratio, still richer in omega-3s, because they're the ones that are missing in just about everybody's diet. And then same tablespoon for 50 pounds of body weight per day, or whatever it takes to make your skin soft and velvety because your skin gets them last and loses them first. And uh, that's what we've been working with ever since we, we made that in 1994. Okay, so I want to pick apart a little bit of this, starting yeah. with the ratio, right? So we talked about omega-6, omega-3, and you just yeah. talked about, hey, I got myself you know, into a little bit of trouble here, not understanding those ratios. You've now said, Hey, that two to one ratio of omega threes to omega sixes. So is that in fact then the optimal for somebody who's just starting to experiment with that? Is that the optimal ratio for most of us, say an active aging adult, the, our audience over 50 here? 
And then talk to us a little bit about what's the standard American diet. What what does that ratio look like for yeah. those of us that are just eating the the yeah. you know the food pyramid or the standard American diet, fast food, sodas, etc. Yeah. Okay. So the first question is that the right ratio? Well, it depends on who you ask because some of the research say the 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 perfect ratio is four times more omega six than omega three. That gets and they around. did that, yeah. and they did that by a calculation, not by rubber meets the road experience. Mm. And you don't get the kind of energy increase on a four to one ratio that we get on the two to one. Well, it's a one to two ratio, actually. Right? It's four times more omega-6 than omega-3, and we're using two times more omega-3 than omega-6. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's four to one, and we're using one to two. Right? So you don't get the same results. And we've been in practice, on the road, talking to people, getting feedback for like over 40 years, completely consistent. I've done my own experiments on my own body, a whole bunch of different experiments, because sometimes sometimes if, if the research hasn't been done, at least you get an idea. You know, and I can say maybe how my body does it is not the same as everybody's, but generally speaking, it'll be pretty close. So two to one, has always more omega-3 than omega-6, has always got us the best results in terms of energy and, and performance and recovery and healing and all the things that omega-3s do in the body, which is like just about everything. Research says when you increase omega-3s in the body, provided they're not damaged and not toxic, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our type. Wow. Why is that? Because 99% of the population doesn't get enough and every cell needs them. And they're essential, right? Yeah. So that, so that's the ratio. What was the second thing you? What is, so what does that ratio look like in today's standard American diet? What, oh so yeah. What this, are the people currently... Standard American diet, omega-3s are not in all oils. Omega-6s are pretty much in all oils. More, more or less. Like there's, Different amounts, 65% to down to 20%, maybe, right? So, but almost every oil has omega 6s in it. Well, of all of the oils that you could look on the, that you find on the shelf, the only ones that have omega 3s in them, but only small amounts, not, not like two to one ratio, but maybe one to four ratio or one to six ratio is walnut, soybean, Canola and hemp. Hemp has three times more omega-6 than omega-3. We work with two times more omega-3 than omega-6. Hemp oil will not give you the results that we got with the blend because of the omega-3s. And the omega-3s are the hot item here. Yes. Um, You know, although you have to have all the other essential nutrients too. So it's not like you can fix everything with omega-3. But anything that gets better when you increase omega-3s if because you weren't getting enough omega-3s and now you're getting more and that, so it gets better. So anything that improves when you increase omega-3s was at least in part caused by omega-3 insufficiency. That's how it works, yeah. right? And, but if it's magnesium deficiency, omega-3 won't fix it. Hmm, if it's right. zinc deficiency, omega-3 won't fix it. Very, very specific. So right. that's why the, the smart thing to do is optimize your intake of all 42. 
these make sure these that your body has all of it in an right. optimum amount yeah. to get you an optimum body construction, maintenance, and repair. Yeah. So, oh yeah. And so they, so I still haven't answered that question. So what is the diet like? Because there's few omega-3 sources and they're hard to work with. So the industry doesn't like them that much. If you want shelf life, it's an issue and you don't want to take the care and you know, you want, you know, you want something that's stable. Well, they would, they shy away from omega-3. So the ratio in the normal diet, we are down to one sixth of the amount of omega-6 of omega-3s that people got 150 years ago. Right. And we've doubled our omega-6 intake. And the ratio now is more, more or less 10 omega-6 to each omega-3, maybe even 20 to 1, maybe even 50 to 1 in some people, depending on the diet. Right. But way high in omega-6 and way low in omega-3. And why is that a problem? Because omega-3 and 6 use the same enzymes for conversion into a whole bunch of other important molecules in the body. When you get too much of one, it crowds out the other. If you get too much of the other, it crowds out the one. On flax oil, flax oil is the only oil I know that can make you omega-6 deficient. So it crowds out the omega-6s because it has so much omega-3. And all the other oils, pretty much as one oil, would crowd out the omega-3s because they have way more omega-3, way more omega-6 than omega-3. Right? Like, like olive oil. It's one of the poorest oils. It's only 10% omega-6. But it has less than 1% omega-3. You know, safflower, sunflower, corn, those oil, 60% omega-6, less than 1% omega-3. Right? So they're hugely, uh, the, the discrepancy between omega-6 and omega-3 is huge. And then that means if you got too much omega-6 and not enough omega-3, all the things that you need omega-3s for, that 99% of the population doesn't get enough of, don't get done. And then you get inflammation, and inflammation is just behind just about everything that goes wrong because omega-3s are very powerful anti-inflammatories, either themselves or the molecules that are made from them, have very powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory properties. Omega three is an amazing molecule. It makes energy and it does spark control. Right. Which is like no other molecule. You know, they, they're energy molecules, like sugar is an energy molecule, starch is an energy molecule, oils are energy molecules, omega-6s and saturated and monothed, they're all energy molecules. None of those, those turn into their own spark control. You know, the energy is like the fire that, that's your life, your, your juice, your energy, your your vitality, right? The stronger the fire is, the more sparks it throws. So you need spark control. So if you build a really good fire, you got to have really good spark control. And uh, omega-3s turn into their own spark control. No other molecule does that. Yeah, I love another that analogy reason. of, the, of the, uh, the spark control and knowing that those omega-3s are so critical for controlling inflammation, which let's face it, chronic inflammation is at the root of a That's lot spark of control. what's... Yeah, okay, exactly. Yeah. That's spark control. Yeah. 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 Because well, they free radicals, you know, burn the tissues and they, you get inflammation. Yeah. <clears throat> and the immune system creates the inflammation in, in order to try and isolate the tissue to try and fix the problem. And sometimes it can't do that. 
And uh, omega-3s are also really good to use with spices because some of the spices are our richest antioxidant, anti-inflammatory compounds like turmeric and ginger and garlic and onions and um, cinnamon, clove, black seed from from Middle East, uh, and amla, which is from India. It's a Indian gooseberry. Uh, what else? Uh, well, that's a good, oh, cayenne, you know, so there, so a lot of the spices are anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, have anti-cholesterol and anti-cardio and anti-cancer and anti-diabetes benefit. So I like to use omega-3s with lots of spices too, because that's even better. I'm 81. I don't have any pain in any of my joints. I had, I had arthritis in my knees at 38 before I got poisoned. And then what I ha- what I did after that, basically, uh, you know, I do I do quite a few things in nutrition, but also stillness practice is very good for decreasing inflammation and you know feeling good about being alive is is a good way to decrease right. inflammation, right? Right. Right. Well, it's not all physical, but the physical is also important. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Hey Udo, I I want to go back because I'm sure. Yeah. Our listeners are probably going, wait, 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 wait. You just kind of threw olive oil under the bus. I thought olive oil is what I should be eating lots of. That's the healthiest oil, right? So does yeah, who, olive oil have some other properties that are healthful? Or because we yeah. know that it's we've already we've just learned, okay, it's high in omega six, low in omega three, which it's not is, high in omega six, it's low in omega six too. It's only got ten percent omega six, it's eighty ah, percent okay. omega nine, which is not essential. Your body can make that out of sugar right. and start. So olive oil, if it's actually extra virgin olive oil, made the traditional way, because you have to question that these days because right. the companies cheat, because the demand for olive oil grew very rapidly and the trees grow very slowly. Hmm. And so what they sometimes do is they take the, the olive oil and then they dilute it with canola oil or soybean oil or so, one of the big commodity oils. And then you end up, but then they call it extra virgin olive oil and it's not. So that's one of the things you got to pay attention to. But the thing about going back to your question about olive oil, there are always two issues you have to look at. One is the content and ratio of essential fatty acids in an oil. And the second is the manufacturing practice that's been used to make that oil. So when it comes to essential fatty acids, Olive oil has virtually no, no omega-3s. It's only got omega, uh, 10% omega-6, so it's actually the lowest oil in omega-6. If it's extra virgin, it has some of the flavor compounds. There's some good antioxidants in olives and olive leaves and olive uh, oil if it hasn't been refined, but you can also get refined olive oil where that's all be taken out. So the traditional olive oil was floated off on water because it comes out of the flesh of the olive, not out of the seed. So it doesn't need these high-pressure screw presses, right? So it's floated off on water. So the way it's made is not damaged. And so the thing that's good about it, this is, this is the only oil widely available everywhere that hasn't been damaged by processing. And that's not true for all olive oils, but it's true for true extra virgin olive oil. And why people like it is it's stable pretty stable because omega-3s make it unstable and omega-6s make it unstable. It has very little of those two. Got it. 
So people like stable oils. And it and because it's more stable, it's easier to keep. And it should not be used for frying, because when you fry olive oil, it will fry your health too. Right? So olive oil is a lousy source of essential fatty acids, but it isn't damaged and it keeps well. And I think the 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 reputation of olive oil, I think, comes from the fact more the, the fact that it keeps well than that it's such a good oil. We get way better results with omega-3s and omega-6s made with health in mind. But then we have to do a lot of extra work to take care of them because they're really sensitive to damage right. by light oxygen and heat. And people don't want to take that care. You know, it's like, isn't it, ni- isn't it nice if you could make a food product that you could just slip under your bed and leave it there for 10 years and you take it out, take the dust off, take all the body cells off that's drifted on it, clean it up, just eat it, still have the nutrients there. Well, you can do that with starch and you can do that with sugar, white sugar, but those are not good for health. Right, right, right. So you can do that with olive oil, just it, it's more like that, but it's not as good for health. Right. Why it's better for health than most of the other oils is because it isn't damaged. So, so it, it, it does well on the not damaged if it's extra virgin olive oil. It doesn't do well on the essential fatty acid part. In fact, we wanted to make an olive oil with, with omega-3 and omega-6 in it, like a blend. That you could make, you know, because olive oil isn't damaged and people like the flavor and it has a yeah. traditional use. We just never got to it. Okay, I was going to say, is that do we can we look forward to that? Is that still on the? Uh, is that on the? No, but you, what you can no. do is all right. No, you can, you can buy that at home, I suppose, right? No, you can. Yeah, you can keep. You can keep uh, the next bottle of olive oil you finish, keep it empty, and then buy a new bottle of olive oil. Pour half of it into the empty bottle, and then pour half of a bottle of uh, of Udo's oil into the olive oil. And then you got then you got your blend. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> And that way you get the the olive flavor, plus you get omega three, plus yeah. you get omega sixes, plus they're all made with health in mind. But you want to do that with truly extra virgin olive oil, right? Right. Because what it because what because what you don't know will still kill you, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So you need right. to know your sources. Well, Uda, let me ask you this: uh, We've mentioned cooking. You've mentioned you, you, when you fry with oil, you're frying yourself, you're frying your health. Yeah. What's is there an oil that we can cook with? If I want to say, I'm not talking about deep frying potatoes. Uh, yeah. We should probably not do that. I'm talking about sautéing veggies, or you know, when I fry my eggs. You know, am I better off going with butter? Am I better off using some other source? Or what? Yeah. Those of us that are like, okay. hey, I well, want to cook. Key, what do I do? The key is in the words. Can I? Of right. course you and can. Should, no, of course I? you can. Or should I? <laughs> right, right. There you go. So you can, but you shouldn't. Okay. Okay. Even if you fry in butter, or you fry in in lard, or you fry in tallow, you're still mm. gonna burn the food. You're still gonna burn the oil. You know how do you know? Because it turns brown, and then it turns black, and then it turns into smoke. You're changing molecules. You're creating toxins. Fried oils fry health and fried foods fry health. Now, when we talk about cooking, like you just asked the question, but you meant frying. When I was a kid, I'm an old guy, remember? When I was a kid, cooking meant in water. 
always meant in water. And the other thing we called frying and deep frying. Now the word has changed. When we talk about cooking, we usually mean oil. But we're not cooking, we're frying, okay? Frying is the dumbest thing we've ever invented to do to our health. And my recommendation is you get your frying pan out. Everybody has one. You turn it upside down. You hit yourself up the side of the head with it. (laughs) So it's associated with pain. And then you throw that stupid thing out. It is the dumbest thing using the most sensitive nutrients that are key in so many hormonal regulatory functions in every cell in the body. And we're wrecking it and then pushing it into our body. That is the dumbest thing to do. That is, I mean, that is so dumb. And for some reason, that was not illegal. But now if you want to do something organic, then you got to go through all of these hoops. So my view is, you want to be healthy, do not ever fry anything with any fat or any oil. You're okay? a buzzkill. Well, what do you do? Uh, <laughs> well, what on, do you hang do? On. I, let, me, let me interrupt here because I just want to make sure we're, everybody's understanding exactly what you're saying here definitively. So what about if I'm cooking with lower heats at medium heat range? Am I, am I safe there? Is that, are, you, is that, are you lumping that in with frying? Or... Well, the, yeah, the question is, does, does the food change color? Does it go yellow and then brown and then black and then smoke? All right. So if I'm at a right? moderate the heat, longer that's, you... that's not happening. Say so when I fry some eggs in butter, for example, yeah. if I... Or they turn brown. Or... They turn brown. The white turns brown and the edges are turned oh, brown. Oh, the food. You don't mean the oil. You mean the food. Yeah, the food. Oh, yes, it does. But the, oil, you, the oil, you don't know until it turns into smoke. So I'm better, I'm better to swap out for my poached eggs. Swap my yep. fried eggs for poached, poached eggs. Poached. Hard-boiled. Uh, soft-boiled. Hard-boiled. You can right. even you can even scram- water scramble them, so it's not, not like that. there's a, yeah okay right there's not there isn't anything you can't cook with water, right? right? The only thing you don't get is the burnt taste, and people have it, uh, developed it like a liking for the burnt taste, but that's an acquired taste, hmm. and it came with mother love, you know, because the oil industry bamboozled our mothers into frying instead of fr- cooking in water. And so we absorbed that habit with mother love. So I say, no, separate the mother love and keep that because that's like amazing. Get rid of the bad habit that she was talked into at a time when people used to say, oh, the industry would never tell us to do anything that wasn't good for us. Right. Now you hear that you last because we've seen so exactly. many yeah. examples. But there was a time when, when everybody said, oh, the government would never you know, yeah. would never let you do anything that wasn't good for you. Oh, right. the industry. Oh, no, there are rules about that. Yeah, you know what? They skirt those rules all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it doesn't matter which industry. Cheating is a time-tested way of getting advantage without effort. So, so we yeah. cheat and lie a lot because we don't want to make the effort. And it takes somebody like me, maybe, who got poisoned by pesticides. So that to take the straight and narrow, because uh, I know what it's like not to have my health. And it's out of that I have developed a love and a respect for health that I'm not willing to compromise. And right that's on. rare. Well said. Yeah, that's that rare. is rare. And that's that rare. Is rare. Yeah. Yep. All right. You know, so- somebody says, you know, I'll give you a million dollars to tell a better story about something that ain't that good, you know? Right. Most people would take the million dollars. 
I think there's a lot of that. There's clearly a lot of that happening. That's, I mean, basically what you're describing is the lobbying industry, but the, seems to me the worst health information that we receive is A, it's from the food industry itself, using food in air quotes and the government. Uh, Those are the two worst places we can go for nutrition advice, unfortunately. Yeah. And lobbying, if you take the OB out of lobbying, it's called lying. (laughs) All right. There you go. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, all right. So, our listeners are, again, we're going back to the 70s and 80s when fat was so demonized that we, we were told specifically that saturated fat, very bad. Is saturated mm-hmm. fat very bad? What's going on there? No. Uh, no. And, and, and that's a misinterpretation of the research. And let me tell you, like the way we do research is we do a, something very narrow. We try to isolate the, the context. And then we do the experiment and then we report on this narrow thing that we did, but we don't describe the context in which we did it because the context plays a huge role in how our experiments turn out. So for instance, if you want to prove that the body can't convert alpha linolenic acid into EPA and DHA, which you find in fish oils and the fish oil industry likes to say that. Then the way you do that is you get a bunch of people who have too much saturated fat, too much sugar, too much starch, too much omega-3, too much, uh, sorry, too much omega-6, too much uh, monounsaturated fat, and not enough zinc, not enough magnesium, not enough vitamin B3, not enough vitamin C, and not enough zinc, magnesium, right? They don't, oh, yeah, so they don't have enough of that in their diet. Well, when you have all of this other stuff and you don't have enough of these minerals and vitamins, then your conversion isn't good because you need those for conversion. And you need to have less sugar and starch in your diet to get, to improve conversion of omega-3. Uh, or you could also then bring some in some people who already have lots of EPA and DHA in their body from eating fish or from eating, taking supplements, then you pick those people, you say, well, they're not converting. Well, you don't convert if you already have enough. Mm. So they're cheating on the studies to, to come out with those results. Science is much less reliable than it used to be because there was a time when people actually just wanted to honestly know how something worked. And now a lot of times people create studies to, to prop up their position. The pharmaceutical companies do it. The, 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 the oil people do that. The, the food industry generally, you know, and that because we have to say, oh, we follow the science. Oh yeah. It's all based on science. Oh yeah. Scientifically proven, you know, but they don't tell you what they did in, in the back. And the science as a method is only as honest and reliable as the person who's applying that method. And there's a lot of cheaters. That are, you know, because it's now it's a big money turf. And it's again, it money corrupts, you know, money corrupts. And, uh, and the more money you, you throw behind it, I mean, you can, you can corrupt media, you can corrupt government, you can corrupt scientists. Most people are corruptible because we're not that in love with life and, uh, you know, what this is. Right. Because, 
because, the things that we talked about in our last podcast episode. Yeah, because right? we so, should be living exactly. in line with yeah. with nature and yeah. our nature because we are natural creatures. Right. Right. But we don't. We live in the cities and we've, you know, we everything is cooked and everything's processed and so, so much is, not everything, but so much is refined. And we're not growing our own garden. We're not eating our veggies fresh and we're not getting wild meat that eat herbs that has some of those molecules in the meat. You know, so we've really changed a lot. That's where our degenerative diseases come from. And they were used to call, they used to be called the diseases of civilization because they didn't happen in traditional, in, in tribal diets. Because they ate just the way nature grew it, fresh, whole, raw, organic. Right. Yeah. And that's happened in a very compressed time frame as well. When you look at this. Yeah. A hundred years, 200 years, 300 years. We've drastically, drastically altered our food. I read a stat somewhere. And even agriculture started about 10,000 years ago. And and even that is, is small. And agriculture is already unnatural. We never had fields of grain, fields of wheat, fields of corn. Yeah. You know, we, we, there were grains, but we picked one and then we picked one over there and we picked one over there. And now we, we put that all together and then we did stuff to the soil. And, you know, we've done a lot of things for short-term gain for long-term complete disaster. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in a living in a time where that's starting to come back on us in very obvious ways. Oh, yes. Forcing, pushing us to change, to live more in line with nature and our nature. We don't even know what our nature is because we never, you know, we don't spend time sitting still and then get like feeling what it feels like to be alive. No, because we're so busy doing, 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 doing. And it's like, I don't know if I said that, but when you do, 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 then you turn into do, do. Yeah. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Speaking of just the modern diet and more ancestral diets. Yeah. Obviously, we're living at a time when a product like an Udo's oil is necessary, right? For our optimal health. But what are sources, where did our ancestors get these, and not just get these essential fatty acids, but get them in the yeah. correct ra- ratios? Were, what were we eating? Is it the wild game and, the, and just the, the, obviously the plants we would have eaten are drastically different than the, even the organic produce in yeah, the and, grocery store, right? Yeah, and, what, been, and it would have been seeds and nuts. Seeds and nuts primarily? So, some of the animals, but, but seeds and nuts, because they're the store of fats. And they do that mm-hmm. because they need that energy when the, when the seed sprouts. You know, first of all, it needs to be compact so it can get around. It needs to have a protection so when an animal eats it and poops it out somewhere else, then that's how, it, how the seed travels, right? And then it has to have a concentrated form of energy so that it can, when, it, when it's wet enough, then it can sprout and has enough energy within the seed to grow to the time it can do photosynthesis to collect the, the sun's energy. So the seeds and nuts were the place where most of the oils were. They were also happened to be winter food because they keep in winter, right? So that's where we would have got it from. And we were living in line so it wasn't processed out. There's a little bit of uh, omega-3s in green foods, for instance. You know, a cow gets uh, all its brain fats out of grass. Yeah. So a cow's brain is made out of grass. A cow's steak is made out of grass. And a cow's milk is made out of grass. So there's obviously stuff in grass that you can make a cow with, right? Yeah. Because it's not really getting anything else. And so 
there, so there are fats in the membranes of every cell of everything, including fruits and vegetables and, and seeds and nuts and, and, and all of the animal foods. So there are always fats in the diet. But the thing, though, that I want to address, uh, people will say and have said to me, you know, it's like, well, why don't you just eat the seeds and nuts? Because that was nature's way of dealing with it. And uh, that must be the, the healthiest way. So I started thinking about it. I said, well, is, is, is optimum health actually nature's mandate? And it may not be mm. because n- nature is practical, is very practical. So what, it, what nature wants you healthy enough to grow up, healthy enough to be sexually competent so that all the parts work, right? Yeah. Healthy enough to reproduce. Healthy enough to raise the kids till the kids don't need you anymore. And when the kids don't need you anymore, neither does nature. <laughs> right. And then it's yeah. recycling well, time. Yeah. So now if you want to recite peop- recycle people after their kids are grown, the best way to do that is to never have them optimally healthy in the first place. Then as you get older and your machinery, your biochemical machinery starts to run slower, you check out sooner than if you're biochemical machinery was optimo- optimized in its food intake and, and its uh, component parts, right? So, yeah. and so I did an experiment on it because, again, it's like, I don't, I, I, it makes sense to me that that would be nature, that nature wasn't saying everybody should live to 100. But I didn't have proof. So I said, okay, I'll do an experiment. So I went, I was living in California at the time and it was summer. So I need less oil in summer than I need in winter. So I need about four tablespoons in winter, always mixed in food, spread out over the course of the day, compatible with all foods. In summer, I need two or three. And I measured by how my skin feels because skin gets it last and loses it first. So that's a nice way to be able to tell. So I was eating five tablespoons of flaxseed because flaxseed uh, absorb six times its volume of water. So that's 30 tablespoons right there. That's a, that's a meal. Mm-hmm. And I was using three tablespoons of sunflower and sesame seeds because I wanted to get the same ratio that we have in the oil. And I started doing that and within, within, couldn't have been more than three weeks, my skin was dry. In summer, in California, where I needed less oil than I need in winter. <clears throat> so it happened pretty quick. And then how do you, because, so my, my take home from that was, I can't get enough oil from eating seeds and nuts to get optimum skin feel, to get optimum uh, body content of omega-3 and omega-6 in that two-to-one ratio. Mm, yeah. So my so my answer to people is that when they say that is look great eat the seeds and nuts, you know because they're good nutrients. I I I'm you know not oil is not better than seeds and nuts. Oil is a is a concentrate of the neglected omega threes in seeds and nuts. That would be good to say, right? And you want to make it undamaged, right. not like the oils that are usually right. in commerce. So eat seeds and nuts and see if you can get your skin soft and velvety. And if you can't, then top up with the oil until you do. And that's the way you're going to get your best results. 
So I'm not here to say to you is, yeah, you should drop everything and everything you're doing and just take oodles on. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like I'm trying to help with health. And, and, you know, food is the foundation. Food is always the foundation. And green foods is the foundation of the foundation, right? This is the green planet. And, and probably nine, nine greens for one fruit is, is the appropriate ratio. Maybe nine to two, nine to one, right? Mm-hmm. So your food shouldn't be fresh, whole, raw, and organic, mostly plant-based for people in my understanding and in my experience. And add what you don't optimize because optimum health, they also take vitamin C and I also take niacin and I also take magnesium. Of course, I live in the city, so I'm not exactly running around naked, you know. Getting lots of vitamin D, chewing. right? Yeah, you know, you know, hand to mouth, you know, off the shrub, shrubbery and off the, you right. know. So I'm not living completely in line with, with nature and that's it. But I'm always looking at how do I get closest to that? One of the things I do all the time, take digestive enzymes, because when you cook foods, destroy the enzymes that are in raw food that do 60% of the digestion for you, while you then you re- have to replace them. Otherwise, your immune system has to get involved in digestion. Then it's not free to do its other jobs. So you're actually screwing up your immune system by cooking your food. Oh, not only di- your digestion, but also your immune system. And I take probiotics because we kill those when we cook foods. So I brush my teeth with probiotics in the evening, swallow them, leave them in my mouth all night. In the morning, wake up with un, uh, with exponentially less severe bad breath in the morning. <laughs> and those are probably the three. And then green, you know, we do, we do powdered greens because greens are the foundation and hardly anybody eats the greens the way they're supposed to. Right. Everybody knows we're supposed to. So I, we made them portable so that especially when people are in a hurry or they're traveling, that they can get some control over their green intake. And a lot of those things, I'm taking, I'm taking a lot more vitamin C than the 60 milligrams that are the RDA. I'm more inclined to take about three grams, at least one gram, probably two grams, but probably three grams is optimal for me. So 60 milligrams to 3,000 milligrams. That's a lot. The optimum is way higher than the minimum. Right. And the minimum was defined as that amount that can prevent scurvy, yeah. deficiency symptoms yeah. in most healthy adults. Not even enough for, for all healthy adults. So they, so I, think, they, I think a lot of people miss that as well, that RDA is often that, that recommendation is set so that not so that you have optimal health, but so that you're not sick. Is that fair? So that you prevent, yeah, you so prevent preventing, uh, scurvy. Become, yeah, scurvy or For vitamin whatever, C, right. scurvy, yeah. for, for, uh, for vitamin B3, pellagra. Hmm. You know, the, the RDA for vitamin B3 is 18 milligrams. Depends on which country. I think it's 20 in the U.S., 18 in Canada, right? Uh, and uh, the optimum, according to the people who did the most work with it, was somewhere between 1,500 to 3,000 milligrams. Yeah. And uh, I was a doctor who helped schizophrenics who have a vitamin B3 dependency, not just in a, a deficiency, but a dependency. And they, they, uh, he would give them three grams a day, 3,000 milligrams a day. And their, and their symptoms would go away. And his definition of a cure for schizophrenia was that they were getting along with their family and they were paying taxes. Yeah. 
That, right. That's how we define that's, it. Abram Hoffer. Uh, yeah, you know, that's that's better than a lot of us are doing if you're getting along with your yeah, family. It fundamentally means, for a, yeah, yeah, it fundamentally means his, here's, a, here's a, a schizophrenic who's able to function in society. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then, of course, he also cleaned up their diets because a lot of times there's a lot of sugar and a lot of coffee and a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Right. And uh, and then different people have different optimums, but probably fifteen hundred uh, a day would be a would be a, a reasonable optimum. Anywhere from five hundred to to three thousand to even. He gave some people twelve thousand, hmm. but that and that was you know that was individually calibrated right. based on symptoms. So, and then magnesium, uh, you know, when you have stress, you dump magnesium. When you have sex, you dump magnesium. When you drink alcohol, you dump magnesium. And enough of, of us are doing one, two, or three of those. <laughs> right. That magnesium uh, is, is one of the highest deficiencies, like 80% of the population probably. And if you take too much magnesium, you get diarrhea. You poop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, it's not dangerous. It just lets you know you're not absorbing it and it's pulling water into your, same with vitamin C. If you take more vitamin C than your body absorbs, you get diarrhea. I've gotten diarrhea on six grams a day when I was healthy and I did not get diarrhea on 30 grams a day when I had a cold huh. or, or something going on. So the amount the body absorbs is determined by yeah. what's going on in the body. Love it. Well, that makes sense too. Yeah. You know, this a is a thing. Yeah. It's a responsive system. Right. right? So right. you have to, so from, from that perspective, you want to look at how do I build, you know, how do I build, if I want the longest, healthiest life, how do I build an optimum program using right. the, the nutrients that were all made by nature that my body can't make? Those are the building blocks you can't live without. And you, you know, and optimizing them for optimum health is a really good idea. And it's about time we stop thinking of instead of uh, how can I, how much, can, how, how little can I get away with is we should be saying how much is optimum for optimum health and optimum longevity. 100%. That's beautifully said. And that's really what we say. That's, that's the mission of this podcast really is how do we optimize our health? Let's, let, you know, let's build yeah. a foundation. Let's get healthy. But from there, let's let's not stop. Let's chase optimal. So absolutely love the work yeah. you're doing. Well, Udo, as we're wrapping up here, where so people are listening to this and they're thinking, well, first of all, dang it, I'm not going to be able to fry my food tonight. Uh, but that aside, <laughs> where do you want to send them yeah. for? Wear the frying pan on your head. Wear the frying. Yes. Hi, hi. Yeah. I don't fry food anymore. Tell your right. neighbors. Tell everybody. <laughs> That's right. Spread the word. Where we're going to send people to a learn more and b they want to try some of your products, where you want to send them? Uh, Udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com. That's where I talk about the pro the products and that I work with and why we made them and how we made them and what's in them and all of that. And then you find the products, the oils and the, end, uh, the oils and the probiotics are in the health food stores, in the fridge, in the supplement right. section, in the, the health food stores. Section, yeah. The enzymes are usually on the shelf because they don't need refrigeration. But it's easy to get them off the, off the website. Uh, and and uh, you can also call uh, the, the company. The company is called Flora, florahealth.com. 
and you can order through those as well. Fantastic. And folks, I will put all of that information into the show notes. You guys can find that there. So Udo, I want to thank you so much for coming back on the show and helping us navigate this very convoluted, very nuanced, very, frankly, it's a little bit complicated for most of us, right? There's so much noise in the world of nutrition anyway. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's not complicated as so much as you're getting for, for unsavory reasons, you're getting a lot of contradictory information. Right. We are turf turf protection. Yep. And that's hard sometimes to find your way through that because who do you trust? Yeah, yeah. Who do you trust? 100%. Well, yeah. th- thanks again for so much for being on the show. Thanks for sharing your wisdom, your passion, your knowledge, your love with us. Yeah. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation. Well, thanks, Kevin, for being an awesome interviewer and uh, what you're doing. You know, I, I mean, I can talk my, to myself in the bathroom mirror, but I actually get to talk to real right. people and yeah. you're making that possible. And I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, making it fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at silveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put the links to everything we talked about today in the show notes, and you can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 230. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. The first is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to please consider giving this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today and until next time, stay strong.